Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast. I'm Janine. And I'm Jess. And we both work at the Winkler branch of South Central Regional Library. And in this podcast, we talk about books with our own twist. Uh, we'll talk about the first half of the book and predict where it might be going. And then finish reading the book and discuss the second half. There'll be snark. There will be spoilers. Depending on the book, uh, there may be references to violent sex or other adult topics. So if that's not for you, stop listening now. And all right, we'll get into this week's book. All right. Today's episode uh, is featuring the book How to Be a Wallflower by Eloisa James. And we have a special guest with us today, Linda, who is a library clerk in Winkler here with us. So uh, I will read you a brief summary of the book. Miss Cleopatra Lewis is about to be launched into society by her aristocratic grandfather, but since she has no intention of marrying, she visits a costume emporium specifically to order unflattering dresses guaranteed to put off any prospective suitors. Powerful and charismatic, Jacob Astor Addison is in London acquiring businesses to add to his theatrical holdings in America, as well as buying an opal for a young lady back in Boston. He's furious when a she-devil masquerading as an English lady steals Quimby's costume emporium from under his nose. Jake strikes a devil's bargain, offering to design her wallflower wardrobe and giving Cleo the chance to design his. Cleo can't resist the fun of clothing the rough-hewn American in feathers and flowers, and somehow in the middle of their lively competition, Jake becomes her closest friend. It isn't until Cleo becomes the toast of all society that Jake realizes she's stolen his fiercely guarded heart. But unlike the nobleman at her feet, he doesn't belong in her refined and cultured world. Caught between the demands of honor and desire, Jake would give up everything to be with the woman he loves, if she'll have him. So this is the first book in the Woodby Wallflower series. Book two is The Reluctant Countess, and book three is Not That Duke, which is coming out in July. And just a little bit of information about the author. Eloisa, which I want to keep saying is Eloisa. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I read it as Eloisa the first time and now it's stuck in my head. Anyways, Eloisa James is the pen name of Mary Bly. She is a tenured Shakespeare professor at Fordham University and also writes best-selling Regency and Georgian romance novels under her pen name. And her husband is an Italian knight or a cavalier. I don't know how to, if I'm pronouncing that right. But anyways, I thought that was kind of interesting that... Her husband's a knight and she writes romance novels. Seems kind of whatever. So anyways, first thoughts. So let me just say, (laughs) I feel like the cover of this book is missing a man. Yes, Yes. (laughs) definitely. Mm -hmm. That's a romance. I mean, clearly, I know she is the main character. You spend most of your time with her, or at least we have so far. Yeah. But yeah, it takes two, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, that's just usually what it is. My my husband looked at the cover and was like, how scandalous, I can see her shoulders. (laughs) It's a good thing it wasn't his ankles, or we'll have to like black it out. (laughs) Actually, I looked at that picture and I went, that's not Regency. (laughs) That's like a hundred years earlier, give or take, where it's correct at all i'm sorry i watch a few too many costume videos on youtube and suddenly everyone thinks they're an expert (laughs) they are most definitely not historically accurate shall Mm -mm. we say no i mean the rest of the cover is very pink (laughs) tell us how you really feel purple (laughs) it's very much tones pink and purple which yeah fine whatever (laughs) yes i know not your favorite colors no not at all it's not a book that I would pick up willingly. No. 
that's the thing. I don't generally read romances. Occasionally, I will read romances when I want something fluffy to escape, for escapist purposes. And I will usually choose a historical romance. But mm -hmm. actually, I don't think this is a historical romance. This is cosplay romance. It, yeah, it <laughs> is. It's, this is a reenactment by people who've picked up all of their history by watching cartoons. This is like a, I watch Bridgerton and I'm going to write a historical romance romance. Yeah. Okay. Pretty I'll take much. that. Like, oh my word. I'm sorry. I hated this book. I hate it so much. <laughs> sorry. I, I made a note somewhere around chapter 12 that I don't care about any of these characters. No, they could all die in a hole. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. I might even push them in. By, by the halfway point, I'm kind of going, oh, right. Maybe. Sure. I could... <laughs> Anyway, like, we'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure, but... They're all just terrible. <laughs> and they have stupid names. Oh, such stupid names. I'm sorry, Jacob Astor Addison. My first thought was, is this the guy that dies on the Titanic? Please let him die on the Titanic. <laughs> it's not the guy that dies on the Titanic. No, but his relative... It's his nephew. His... Um, I don't think it's his nephew. I think it's his grandfather that dies on... Or father or something that dies on the Titanic. Because his uncle... His Wait uncle. A second. Titanic was 1912. Yeah, right? exactly. So it and has this to takes be either place his... in 1815. Mm -hmm. So it has from... to be like his kid or like a different relative. But his uncle is the one with the lovely bustling opium trade. Yes. yes, right. But he was a real person. When they keep emphasizing, it's not Jacob. It's not Jacob that's doing the opium trade. It's his uncle. He has nothing to do with it. Yeah. We promise. It's like, but uh, okay, he's <laughs> a real he's a real guy, John Jacob Astor. Mm -hmm. Apparently, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, He's the relative she, of John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. She, she says, as an American, I am sorry to tarnish the reputation of John Jacob Astor. But the truth is that Astor made a first fortune in furs, then in New York real estate, and finally by smuggling opium into China. Mm -hmm. Once adjusted for inflation, his fortune at his death was one of the largest in modern history. So, Well, can you imagine how well Trump and Elon and... Bezos would do if they were legally allowed to sell cocaine. <laughs> they would have yes. even more money. We'd have even more awkwardly shaped rockets. <laughs> Linda, you may have to do a lot of editing. <laughs> for anybody curious, Linda's also the one that does the editing for us. Yes. That's part of the reason why I wanted to be on this. I've been editing episodes and I keep wanting to throw in my own interjections, but it seems unfair because you can't answer back. So at least this way we're sort of on a level playing field and I can be a little bit snarky about some of the stuff that comes up. Balancing the lunacy. Oh, no, no, no. Adding to the lunacy. Yes. This uh, episode is quite a hell of a I don't I'm think sorry, so. this book is just bad. Yes, <laughs> yes it is. Feel free to cut that out. But uh, I, I did literally write down, I'm having a hard time taking this book seriously. Like, the way they talk. Oh, I it know. It sounds ridiculous. Like People don't talk that way, even the, back then. For the record, if anybody's reading this thinking there's going to be anything historical of any note or accuracy in the slightest, forget that. Forget that entirely. Yeah. This is just shy of wearing Ugg boots in a wind calls the hearts situation. Uh -huh. <laughs> and nobody cares about their reputation, which no. is like a big thing for me, I feel like, in Regency romance. But. Well, that's the thing. A lot of the stuff with, like, polite society and that kind of thing, and I get that she's supposed to be, like, a rule breaker or whatever, but, like, he breaks into her room multiple times. Multiple times, and she's just like, yeah, sure, have tea, whatever. Well, she does tell him to get out 
Yeah. Not very convincing. Yeah, very strenuous. Yeah. But, oh, no, please, please, sir, leave. Please, please leave. Would you like now. some pie? Yeah, have some pie. <laughs> yeah. But please get out while yeah. having your pie. Like, and even the whole, he's an American. He's so different. Really? Yeah. They're just trying too hard. And honestly, the fact that this lady is a tenured Shakespeare professor, <laughs> the writing is appalling. <laughs> Those Does, who can't critique. True. Which is why I'm never going to write a book. <laughs> but it was funny when I was, like, doing some research on background info and stuff, and I Googled Regency romances when it was talking about, like, authors on the Wikipedia page. Her name came up. She's mm-hmm. not an author I've ever heard of before. No. And, like, we do have some books like this that circulate a fair bit. Yeah. She's not one of the more common ones for us. You definitely have the more popular authors and that kind of thing but like but that she would be on the wikipedia page well even on the front page it says new york times best-selling author and i'm going how i know like i'm sorry this is terrible what were you thinking get an editor or five (laughs) the thing is that authors don't actually have to listen to their editors even if they have an editor they can override all of the changes really and the the further up you go and the the more you sell the more um ability you have to maintain your work as untouched and pristine and supporting your vision as as you want so that um, explains james patterson that explains james patterson that kind of explains why jk rowling's books just keep getting longer and longer and longer Mm -hmm. because she's falling in love with her own writing and is is having less and she has less and less reason to cut it and there's no one around who's willing to say look this is dragging cut this part mm-hmm. um there's another series the anita blake vampire hunters where um it was a couple one was right the wife was writing and the husband was editing and then they divorced and the entire series just went south oh no because she would no longer allow him to edit mm-hmm. and she was in love with the sound of her own voice ah yeah sometimes the power of a good book is really in the editing that does make a lot of sense though because i did yeah like james patterson needs a good editor that's why you get a lot of the the big authors where they hit a certain stage and it's just like yeah your writing's gone downhill yeah and it's because nobody's actually telling you or making you go no, you need to fix this. This is an mm-hmm. issue. Interesting. But yeah, back to this um, book. <laughs> Treasure. Shameful death of trees. <laughs> is it because we don't read romance normally? I read romance. Do you? On the occasion. Okay. To be fair, if it's Regency romance, it tends to involve Napoleonic Wars and spies. Okay. Because I wouldn't have pegged you for a like, romance. like. Put it this way. If there's a genre out there, I probably read it. Fair. That's... But, like, this type of romance... This one I would have eliminated based on the cover alone. Is not your cup of tea. No. I have a difficult time tolerating romance that is just for the sake of romance. Yeah. We need to have something else going on in our lives. We can't just worry about our love life. Or our toilet. That, too. (laughs) There's a lot of toilets in this book. Yes, there is. A lot of toilet talk. Yeah, one of the things I came to the conclusion while reading this is that I don't like reading about someone else's sex life unless it's really, really well written, and this, this is not. And good lord, is it ever not? (laughs) And so, like the 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 romances that I like, the regencies I like to read, and there's a fairly limited pool of authors that I do read. They tend to um, they're not spicy. 
they're they're pretty straightforward of the whatever sex or sex appeal happens mostly off screen Shade to black and i'm fine with that i generally figure i don't need to know mm-hmm. leave the details out of it thank you and yeah this one does not i don't particularly care detailed or not detailed whatever I can flip ahead a couple of pages if I want to skip. It doesn't matter to me. What gets me is when they're like, we really need a different word. So we need to come up with a different <laughs> word that we can use and a nice variety of selections that we can just sprinkle liberally throughout. <laughs> and oh my word. Yes. There's a couple of times where I just went, seriously? Yeah. The first time That's she, what you're going to call it? The first time she said tool, I was like, is she talking about what I think she's talking about? Of is course that, she is. Is that what she just called it? Yes. Yes, yes she, she did. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I guess that's... You, you've heard of men being called tools, right? Yes. Is that's that kind of where it comes from. It's like she called a dick. I did not know that. Oh my goodness. Never actually looked up the etymology of that one. I don't one, think so. I can call anybody a tool ever again. <laughs> that may be for the best. <laughs> if I've ever called you a tool, I apologize. <laughs> oh, but like stuff like that, where they just go with like the weirdest terminology. Mm-hmm. It just takes you out of a completely like yeah. you just honestly just put the book down and go, What? Really? Like Irregardless of where it falls in the story or in what context, like, oh my goodness, it was just such a bad book. Don't read it. (laughs) Well, I mean, for somebody who likes this type of book, it's probably a really good book. No, don't even do that. Find something better. You can do better. You're worth more. Your time is worth more. (laughs) Okay. I said I never read romance. I did read the first Bridgerton. It was better than this. Okay. That's the thing. I didn't want to chuck it across the room. (laughs) Regency romance can be perfectly fine. I've read quite a few where I'm like, I'd happily read that again. This one, I don't even want to finish it. Like, Too bad. I know, I have to. Because, <laughs> I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the second half. Oh, well, I know what's going to happen in the second half. Do you? Yes, I'm fairly certain I do. <laughs> On a more serious note, uh, I think it was the second page... It was talking about a train of followers, which I thought, actually thought was sort of interesting because that's sort of what a woman at that time would have wanted, right? Was like a train of men following her or whatever. And isn't that kind of how people are today with social media and their followers, right? I just thought it was sort of an interesting parallel. Your value consists of who you can attract and hang on to. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, um, quite literally, because... Unless you're going to inherit money from your family, you are dependent on your husband Mm -hmm. to maintain you. But then here's Cleo just waltzing about everywhere. It it is beyond belief that, okay, she's 22? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. She's being brought out in society by her grandfather. She doesn't want to. Okay, fine. I can understand that. But she is independently wealthy and we mean like seriously wealthy because she's running a business that she inherited when she was 18 i thought she was 16 14 when her father died for 14 but, i think but she she got full okay. i i thought that full, she full custody she, is where full she got con- control full yeah. control of the business at 18 and 
she makes reference to having to deal with uh, men who think a girl doesn't know anything about plumbing, which that is a very modern reaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At that point, they were going like a woman doesn't know anything about money. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like they're like like nitty gritty down, like basics of women are skirts and fluff, and that's it. Yeah, Yeah. women don't don't know anything about anything. I don't think that in that society she would be able to run a business, be as outside or as close to the edge of polite society as she is with her manner, and Mm -hmm. and make a make a success of it. Well, that's the thing, and like, there's no indication of any male presence helping her. Like, yes, her grandfather's around, but. No, but she she just met met him. him. She just met him, exactly. Like, oftentimes in that time period, if a woman was running a business, there was still a man helping at some point, if not just as a figurehead, but to deal with the men who just wouldn't Mm -hmm. deal with a woman if you Mm -hmm. needed contracts from a specific supplier or whatever. Like, there's none of that. Mm -hmm. She's basically just going, I'm a woman, deal with it. You either get my bathrooms or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And let's be real, that's not how it would have happened that's not what no. how it would work and so now she's running around london and she doesn't have a chaperone no and no one appears to be sponsoring her for the season yeah exactly her grandfather maybe kind of but like the whole thing about the season is reciprocal invitations mm-hmm. so you have to hold the ball yourself and invite people or invite people over to dinner parties and stuff like that otherwise you're not going to be invited out you're not going to be seen you're not going to land a husband yeah so mm-hmm. she's not doing the season right. She doesn't even have a chaperone with her when she's in the living in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And like this, not even a lady's maid that could conceivably be called a chaperone or heck even a lady's maid. Mm-hmm. Well, she has Gussie. Yeah. I don't know. But she, I think at one point referred to her as her dresser. As her dresser. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gussie was um, formerly involved, um, an employee of the theater. That's yeah. where her mother, Julia, picked her up. Mm-hmm. And she can play a lady. She can play a proper lady's maid, but she's not. No. And she doesn't have the impeccable credentials it would take for a young woman to be, to be chaperoning a young woman who's living on her own. Mm-hmm. Anything could be happening in those rooms, and as we noticed, it did. Exactly. <laughs> and it... It struck me as interesting because she kept talking about her mom, and her mom was... uh, Very free-spirited. Yes, yes, that's putting it very nicely. But she almost talked about her, like, disparagingly. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yes. And she wasn't going to be like her mom, and she was going to be a wallflower, and I'm not going to marry, blah, 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 all this stuff. This man comes along and, whoop, out the window. window. And also, why does she keep hearing her mother's voice? Is she, like, actually crazy? She's grieving. Grieving makes you crazy. I say that with sarcasm. It's somewhat true. I think that it's kind of ridiculously played in this book. But Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like she's a kernel of truth. She's presented as like her mother is actually saying things to her. Like, oh, my mother hasn't shown up in a while. Like, it doesn't come off as grieving. It comes off as haunting. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't get that. I I thought it was reasonable, but kind of mm, conscious-ish. Yeah, a little bit. But, yeah, I just, like, you look down on your mom, but your behavior is not that much better. No. No, not at all. So, yeah. What do we think of uh, Jacob Astor Addison? Uh, He's a putz. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I I literally thought that exact same thing when I was reading. 
I was getting used to the word. My, my <laughs> note was, Addison is an American stereotype with a slight vibe of hidden depths. Still annoying, though. <laughs> is there any hidden depths? He's very surface. Like, he's like a yeah. puddle. There's no depths there. He's kind of like one note. Very. I'm an American. I, I'm big. I have plumpy boots. <laughs> yes. Everybody hates my boots, but I'm going to insist on wearing them. I have one British friend who is high up in society, so I can go wherever I want. I impulsively make decisions, and I want this woman because she is different. Yeah. Never mind the fact that the differences will drive us apart eventually. I want that one. I bought a ring for another woman, but I, upon spending half an hour with this woman, I'm suddenly in love with her. Yes. Because she beat you on a business deal. Yeah. How Which, dare she? They keep going on about, oh, he's a businessman, he's a businessman. He's a crap businessman. <laughs> like, come on, dude. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah, they keep talking about his size, how big he is. Like, I'm like, I don't, I know. I, I got it the first time. You don't yeah, need to hear it yeah. every chapter. Like, that he's a we, large man. We can... And, and his boots. Stop going on about his boots. Yeah, no, I don't we, care about his boots. How care. bad can his boots possibly be that you're like, oh, you can't wear those in polite society. <laughs> You'll scandalize. Nothing to do with the story. Like, just just zip it about the boots. <laughs> hey, you got to hit your word count somehow. True, true. Oh, there are better ways to hit a word count. Yeah, we could have a few more synonyms. No. Okay. So the thing about this whole competition they have where they dress oh. each other... Like mannequins. Okay, I can figure out what Addison is getting out of this. Either Cleo looks hot, or it turns off the mode and she loses business and devalues the asset and he can buy it. But what does she get out of it? She either, either she destroys her own asset by dressing Addison to look absolutely ridiculous. So she torments either she torments him or she helps it's not a win-win for her it's a mm-hmm. win-win for him for him That's it is or is it just that she thinks he'll look good in whatever she puts on him and it'll still attract people to quimby no because the logic completely escapes mm-hmm. me and i think completely escapes her also well that's the yeah. thing like okay she bought the business out from under him mm-hmm. finding good the plan is then that the business kind of takes a turn towards dressing the um, the aspiring? The aspiring The society. social climbers. The social climbers, there you go. Um, to make them look like actual lords and ladies and that kind of thing so that they have a shot at actually becoming lords and ladies and getting married and blah, 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 blah. Fine. She's going to dress as a wallflower so that she doesn't get married. Cool. She's going to have this place do it. Slightly counterintuitive, but okay. If you can go, yes, I can make lovely gowns and you will still look presentable without going like, oh, look at me. Fine. Where it lost me is where he goes, I'm going to dress like an idiot to prove that this place can't design a shoe for a blind man. I don't know. (laughs) Assuming they don't care. Um, Fine. His method still kind of makes sense because you dress like an idiot. It'll ruin her business. Thus, you can buy the business or, you know, at least prove that that this business is not worth having. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it loses me is when she goes, no, I'll dress you like an idiot to prove that my business can dress you like an idiot. So that, what's the point? Was that her idea or his idea? I don't know. They swapped anyway. Because he was telling his Duchess friend his plan, and she was like, oh, well, you have to tell her. And I'm like, why does he have to tell her? No, no. If he really wants the business, he wouldn't tell her, and he would do it. Like, yeah, but... Yeah, but even, okay, so fine, you tell her, hey, I'm going to dress like an idiot. Great, thanks for the heads up that I'm going to see you in orange and pink soon. Fine. But then why are you getting her to dress you like an idiot? Yeah. 
And it all just, none of it makes sense. No. At all. For reasons of the plot, <laughs> not even, like, she's just attempting to ruin her own business. She should be making sure he looks as good as possible to prove to everybody else that, hey, even this idiot American, this place can make look good. Yeah. 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 Orange, th- pink, is not going to do that. It hurts my brain. I feel like ultimately, though, in order for it to have really worked, he should have gone behind her back and done this. Mm-hmm. And not told her, not brought her in on the plan, made this agreement with Quimby, mm-hmm. and just started doing it without... Yeah. Like, if he really wanted the business and he really wanted to steal it from her, That's the let's thing. not be fair about it. And even writing-wise, like, rather than having this weird, awkward conversation where he's going, yeah, I'm going to mess with your business, you could have actually had a scene where, like, he walks into a ball and looks like an idiotic peacock. Yeah. Like, you could have actually had some, like, ooh, my good, what are you doing? Like, I feel like that would have made it a lot more interesting. Yes, but this is an excuse for him to break into her room again. True, well, true, yes. And how did it take ten days for him to tell her that he now lives beside her? Like, they just skipped ten days because, like, oh, we have a ball to get to. <laughs> and then when they get to the ball, he's like, I'm here. I had some lemonade or vodka or whatever, and then I'm leaving. Like, yeah. If his whole purpose is to go, look what an idiot I am. You stick around the ball for a while so people can see you. Except nobody thought he looked like an idiot. The females were all flocking to him. That's because he was big. Look at this exotic American. Exotic American. Well, how else Uh, would you put it? No, you're right. Exotic American works. Like, I I hate this book. I hate this book on so many levels. (laughs) I wanted to read a Georgette Hare. This is your own fault. <laughs> I know, I know. We had to pick something newer that we had in our catalog. You can read this book too, for the record, if you want to decide how much you hate it. If you like it, wow, you have more tolerance than I do. I don't know. Like, okay, another complaint. Secondary characters. Does anybody remember any of them? Uh, I do because I wrote down all their funny names in my <laughs> <Okay>. book. <laughs> all right, so... There, do you consider Quimby a secondary character? She's the yes. proprietress. Oh, it's all right. There, there's a, an interaction between when she and Addison are talking about Cleo's clothing. Mm-hmm. That chapter was kind of fun. There's Gussie, who is the the dresser. There's um, her grandfather's friend, who is just Flam- creepy hanging around. He's flamboyant and, and very much helping helping to trick out Addison as as flamboyantly as possible, mm-hmm. which you know makes you wonder how much nodding and winking is going on right there but okay mainstream romance historical probably not really gonna go there probably not but anyway yeah most of the secondary characters to me pop up say their line and disappear into the mist there's not a single one where i'm like you're interesting you're you've got a story you've got background you've got any kind of depth at all Mm -hmm. it's all just like shallow not even the american duchess who runs around her yard barefoot no. How dare she? I don't care about her and at all. And I'm pretty children. sure she's, like, in the book, like, in the series somewhere. Really? I don't know. It seems like... I don't know. There I, felt like there was possibly a story there Well, that had been this is the first, before. But this is the first one in the series. Could be. So unless this links to a different romance in that universe. already married. I don't yeah. know. Just the, the way that a lot of her background, what little bit there was, was talked about it sounded like oh yes the duchess of trent of course we know all about the duchess of trent where you're going you've told me nothing about the duchess of trent mm-hmm. so she has three children her husband is away a lot it's improper for her american friend to stay with her see well of course he has to go stay somewhere else and break into a single lady's room instead of a married lady's room yes somehow one is proper and one is not 
No, this book is not one I would recommend unless you really like to just live in pain. Maybe, maybe, maybe the second half is better. <clears throat> I oh, bless I remain skeptical. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm trying to be the I don't know what beacon of positivity. Yes. Nice try. <laughs> it has got to do one hell of a turnaround in order for that to be good. Well, yes. And can I just say? No. This is during the Napoleonic era. Napoleon's still causing trouble. That actually affected quite a bit in terms of trade, materials, society. Nothing. Nada. Zilch. Zippo. I think at one point she went, yeah, when Napoleon's done messing around, I want to go to Paris. Great. Well, is her little French friend um, a re- <laughs> <laughs> a refugee her little french fry friend uh i don't know they didn't say i didn't like, i didn't remember anything about that i just know that you know she has french flair and savoir faire and she's more uh more of a rule breaker than cleo is so mm-hmm. you know, dismissing everyone oh. go bring me some vodka yes. <laughs> french, i was like what french fr- see all of the secondary characters just poof i i did eventually remember mm-hmm. yasmin mm-hmm. yasmin yasmin bleak <laughs> no, that's someone else. It's a chicken. Uh, not friends references now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just found this entire book was not worth the time it took me to read it. And even like the terminology and the way they speak and everything, it's it's very American. It's cartoonish sometimes mm-hmm. the way they speak. Yeah, like it, it. In my opinion. At no point do you actually ever go, oh, yes, this is Regency romance. No, they could literally pretty much take the exact same thing, stick it in modern day, and it'd be perfectly fine. I made a note to that effect at one point, that if you you could bring this forward 150 years easily, the only thing you would ha- might struggle to replace is the whole London season thing, mm-hmm. because there isn't actually that kind of marriage mart type thing going on in... It's what it is! Yeah. I know, but I just hear cows mooing. Okay, sure, whatever. It it is there is a lot of similarity. Yeah, I know. The cows don't get the choice though. Anyway, <laughs> but there isn't that same kind of um, determined uh, social scene that is specifically for the purpose of marrying someone off. Yeah, yeah. So that you couldn't sub for, but the rest of this could all with changing a few details it would be it would be 20th 21st century easily mm-hmm. yeah like there's nothing really it, it is not a regency romance it is a romance that happens to be set during the regency era but badly very very badly <laughs> if you're looking for anything historical forget it go somewhere else this is not it however if you're looking for a fast and easy read this one no, no, this was not easy. I okay. thought through it. Fast. I had to go it's back not... and reread some parts really? going, am I missing something or is just this <laughs> the idiocy that's involved? Turns out oh. it was just the idiocy. Maybe I was just skimming then. Could be. <laughs> I don't know, but I was like... I did I think fall I... asleep at one point. I did too. This, <laughs> this annoyed me enough that I did actually go back and look up Regency period and when Wallflower first started being used to see if that was an anachronism. It's pushing it but wallflower was used for the, f- the first recorded use is 1820 and the regency period this, this takes place in 1815 or 1811 somewhere 1815. in there so plausible but well according to my research the regency era was 1811 to 1820 so well there mm, we go strictly speaking yeah it's sometimes expanded to be like did they say the last third of the georgian era so until mm-hmm. 
until Queen until Queen Victoria ascended the throne was considered regency partly because the clo- like the social and clothing fashion and that sort of thing stayed fairly consistent during that mm-hmm. period. Regency is a convenient hook to hang it on basically. Pretty much. What do we think of the continuous use of water closets? Not water <laughs> closets. Commodes. Commodes. Yes. I think she did say at the end there's a little like afterword from the author. Uh, she did say somewhere that water closet yeah it probably would have been lewis water closets mm-hmm. instead of commodes so i'm not sure why she chose the word commode because it's funnier is it though mm. they're they get brought up a lot but they're not you don't actually get any information sliding valves they mentioned sliding valves yes and i was gonna go back and look up the history of that and see exactly how far we strayed on that one but chance because i fell asleep mm-hmm. ha. so what we call a toilet wasn't around Though important discoveries, the S-trap, the flush, were in process. For example, Thomas Crapper would introduce (laughs) an improved flushing system in 1861. Like, really? Is that his real name? Yes, Yes, it is his real name, and that is apparent. Some people say that's why the toilet is sometimes referred to as the Crapper. Thomas, like... You could not have a better name. I think that's nominative determinism. What else could he do? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. For all of their going, she's an excellent businesswoman. You don't get any proof of that. No, but she apparently, like, doubled or tripled the business, so, in her tenure. Yeah. All right, then. There's a convention in writing that's show, don't tell. She's doing an awful lot of telling. Yeah. Do we have any predictions for the next half? They'll end up together. <gasps> it'll be really? An, it'll be an absolute mistake, but they'll get. Up. They'll end up together. I am guessing divorce in, in ten years. Oh, of course they won't get divorced. Oh, no, They're no, Americans. No. Yes, yes. So, or he's American. Oh, so, he's going to move to Britain. Yes. Yep. I. Uh, they will live happily ever after. Oh, guaranteed. At least until the last page. After that, they're on their own. Yeah. Yep. There'll be a commode in every corner. And flamboyant dressing will become all their age. Oh, of course. Yeah, but um, right now we're kind of stuck in that place where they just spend all their time irritating each other, and I'm not here for that. And like, not even, like, good irritating, just like, oh, you broke into my room, please don't, but by all means stay. Yes. That's not even irritating. Like, he didn't kick your puppy. He didn't steal your bathroom ideas. Also, please kiss me passionately. Or don't. Like... And the fact that her grandfather's friend, he was kissing her, and the grandfather's friend just shows up and goes, oh, I'm sorry, oh, you know, carry on. Yes. Yeah, that's not how stuff works. When that happened in Bridgerton, they had to get married. Exactly. They should have been married by now. Sorry for all my Bridgerton references. That's the only frame of reference I have for this type of thing. But that's the thing. Like, propriety and your illusion of honor was essentially what you were worth. Yeah. And she's drinking brandy, smoking cigars, and kissing random men in public places. In public places, yes. Yeah. Entertaining men in her rooms. She has no chaperone. And she's already sort of on the fringes of society because her money's from trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And worse yet, from bathroom trade, which is unmentionable. So she's just sort of in society on sufferance and because of her aristocratic grandfather more as a curiosity and entertainment as opposed to hey you're actually part of it kind of yeah and she is if she loses all of her status she's gonna have 
a horrible time trying to carry on her business. Well, that's the shame. She's not going to have friends. She'll be isolated. Well, by the sounds of it, she doesn't really have much for friends anyway. That's what I was going to say. Or she'll end up with friends that can be bought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, like... In those days, a lot of trade and a lot of business dealings, and same today, is very much dependent on your connections. And Who your do you reputation. Know? And what's your reputation? And mm -hmm. she doesn't seem to know many people, and her reputation's not great. So it does make me question her business acumen. <laughs> it makes me question her sense regardless. But then growing yeah. up with Julia, I mean, the amount of information Julia gave gave her daughter about her sex life is yes. just disturbing. I mean... Oh, even for a free spirit, we're going like, calm down, lady. Yeah. I'm kind, in some ways, I'm kind of not surprised that she, that Cleo wants to be a wallflower. I mean, I'd have trauma re re regarding yeah. relationships just secondhand. Well, and the fact that she is aware that her mom cheated on her dad. Mm -hmm. Like, she knows. Her dad knew. Yeah. Like, what... Well, to be fair, that was also kind of part of it, where as long as you kept it discreet, whoop-dee-ding. You're married, you had your kids. As long know, as you can prove kids are his, it's fine. I don't know. I just was like, your kids should not be aware of that. The fact that Julia, like, ran away from home, got married, and then apparently still went, oh, yes, I miss my father, but couldn't ever be bothered to get back in contact with him or pop in or do pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. It's not like she had a sense of shame anywhere else. True. Her mother strikes me as a bit, just a bit of a sociopath. Oh, yeah. Also terribly selfish. Oh, completely and totally. Any other holes we'd like to rip in this book? <laughs> We're just shy of taking scissors to it at this point. <laughs> there was one line um, where she references some um, the two of them they slammed together like two bulls she had once seen in the marketplace. <laughs> and I'm going, two bulls, huh? Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm turning into that type I'm, of book. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. What I always find funny is when women are about to be launched upon society, I'm like, I just makes me want to smack you over the head with a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of champagne across the noggin, there you go, you've been launched. It's not the best way oh, to do it. No. Yeah. That way concussion lies. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Can you just, like, pour some over their head like they're being baptized in <laughs> That could be. Oh, yeah. No, this book was... This book was something. We'll put it that way. I'm not looking forward to the second half, and I don't really want to read it. But you will. I will. And we will be back to talk about it, and maybe we'll all really love it. Let's hope they do a drastic turnaround and we're all fantastically happy with how it turns out. And they end up together at the end. And I'm going to stop now because this sarcasm is actually taxing. <laughs> anything else? I don't think there's anything that can follow that. <laughs> and we're back with part two of How to Be a Wallflower by Eloisa James. And with our special guest, Linda, who is our co-worker here at the Winkler branch. So thoughts what did we think of the second half it turned out pretty much exactly the way i thought it would <laughs> except with more sex <laughs> and i hated it it's so bad it's so so bad like i feel like if you like this sort of book it's probably a fine book no no it's not <laughs> i don't mind this sort of book i will occasionally pick one of these up because it's like oh i've read too much death and destruction lately let's read something fluffy i do to a point enjoy the sort of book and this book is awful <laughs> my summary of the second half 
They have sex repeatedly. She has the vapors over Frederica the cow woman. Honestly. And then and then he strides manfully across a meadow of bluebells and they get married. <laughs> That's it. It's so bad. I mean, I'm sorry. The mirrored ceiling in the carriage? Yeah. That was not a thing. No. 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 I mean... We, we, we said at the beginning, this isn't really a historical romance. It's a romance with costumes. Mm-hmm. And, much. I mean, he says straight out at one point, you don't care about your reputation. And she agrees. And if she didn't care about her reputation and she was doing this, she would not be accepted in society and she wouldn't have a business because no woman would buy from a woman who behaves so scandalously. Well, that's the thing. Like, the behavior is not even close to what actually would be happening at the time. Like, even if they were, you know, the more eccentric type mm-hmm. of the time, they, they're they behaving like they're in the 21st century in the 18th. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not even close to anything accurate. Yeah. And, like, they do go to a dinner party at the Duke and Duchess's house, and people are talking. So there is rumors, it sounds like. But all it takes is one uh, veiled story, parable, lesson from the hostess, and everybody goes, oh, yes, we've been horribly misjudging them. We can't gossip about them anymore. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Yeah. And especially since the the Duchess is a bit on the eccentric side herself, she's hardly the paragon of virtue who can... True. um, she may have quieted the room, but she's not quieted the rumors. No. Not in the slightest. No. Honestly, Frederica was the best character. Because the whole <laughs> the cow, cow lady was just... <laughs> no, but just... she was so dumb. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but at least she was, like, weird dumb, as opposed to these, which were just dumb dumb. Yeah. <laughs> One but... thing, I found myself thinking at the end of the book, there weren't any villains. I was kind of hoping that yeah. for, that there'd be somebody who would be like actively opposed to them or some sort of barrier like that. But no, Frederica is just, you know, I've got my cows, I'm happy. Yeah. And his mom who comes across the ocean to check on him because he's not proposing as he's supposed to, just goes, oh, well. Yeah. Like she and puts up like three it. words of opposition and then goes, oh, well, dear, as long as you're happy. Yeah. Uh, she's more upset about the fact he's using the name Addison rather than Aster than the fact that he's marrying a woman who makes a profession in toilets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's just... It's so bad. It's so, so bad. And at no and point... I honestly believe he loves kippers more than this woman. Oh, the kippers. <laughs> the kippers. The, like, like, how many pages did they go on about those dang oh, kippers? on and on and on and on. Like, he had more thoughts about kippers than he did about her. Oh. The kippers are better characterized than some of the people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and there was the... Who's the French woman that kept showing up? And I kept oh, Yasmin. Who is this? She's, Where you keep coming from? She's her, their friend. She's so forgettable, though, that she leaves, <laughs> and you're like, I never even met her. I know. Yeah. And then she comes back, and you're like, who is this again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And I also feel like at no point did she ever act like a wallflower in no. this book at no. all. No. Like, that title is wildly inaccurate. Like, there was, what, As one... everything else in the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fits with everything else. There's, what, maybe one dance where she sat on the sidelines for like three seconds at the very beginning she was dressed ugly 
yeah, unflatteringly a with a turban. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But that was the end of that. So. No, it's just. It's wild. This book. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so, so bad. And for a woman who's determined never to get married, boy, is she obsessed with the opal ring. Yes. Is he going to give it to me? Why hasn't he given it to me? Yeah. Oh, here's a jewelry box. Is this what he's going to give to me? Like, yeah. shut up. But also, why would you fancy up a bear's tooth and oh, put it I on know. a chain? Gross. Like, <laughs> Who oh, wants- I've added emeralds to a bear's tooth. And <laughs> here you go was a token of my love. Get your manky teeth away from me, dude. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> That's a lot of attitude for a Monday morning. <laughs> Sorry, I hate this book. I, I hate know. it so much. It, it's called for. This is not. <laughs> it's so bad. Mm. So, I feel like we now need to do another Regency romance just to redeem the genre. I, well, the thing is, I, as I said originally, I do like Regency romances. I like the fluff, uh, that that sort of things. When when I've had too much death and destruction, as you say. Mm. And I started looking into the authors that I enjoy. There are really three of them, and none of them are publishing currently. Mm. Claire Darcy stopped in the early 80s, I think. We don't have anything left of her in our collection. Um, Marion Chesney, I really liked hers. Uh, but she stopped publishing in... Well, she stopped with the Regency romances because she's also MC Beaton. And so... Mm. The stress of keeping up with the Agatha Raisin and Hamish Beaton, Macbeth, but mm-hmm. those two series, uh, she didn't have time to write Regencies anymore. And then Georgette Hare, who loved the woman, and I'm going to throw this in, she, she had a 50-year publishing career in which she wrote Regency romance, historical romances and uh, a couple of mysteries. She also wrote... Uh, historical books that were somewhere between historical fiction and full-on footnoted historical references, leaning more heavily to that. In 50 years of publishing, she wrote 55 books. She has been, she has not published anything for the last 50 years. She's still alive? No, she died just shortly, be, shortly after her last book was published. Mm-hmm. Explain why there's no more. Which would. <laughs> but of those 55, 50 of her books are still in print after 50 years. Mm-hmm. The five that aren't are because she pulled them and refused to let her publisher reissue them because she didn't think they were good enough. Eloisa, if you're listening, I recommend you do the same with this book. Pull, just pull it. <laughs> Don't let it. It's terrible. You mm-hmm. should be ashamed of this. Perhaps so, the rest of the series also. <laughs> yes. And Unless there's one about the cow lady, because that would I be actually more interested in reading those. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm up for suggestions of authors of historical romances as long as said romances are a actually historical, and b spend a little more time focusing on the protagonists being compatible other than just sexually. Well, like that's the thing with this. You get the impression that they're going to be living separately and within two years of being married. <laughs> yeah, like I if I'm going to spend this time watching somebody's relationship develop. I get invested in it. Why does it sound like you're peering through the windows? I'm sorry, I'm not a lawyer, but not more so than any other reader. But um, if if I've spent this time with this, seeing this relationship, I want to believe that it's going to continue after I close the book. That's the thing, there has to be some element of believability to it, and this book just has none of it. (laughs) You can choose to believe whatever you want, though, about it. So... I choose to believe that they will 
They did spend one whole day talking. There, um, there are one or two things. Like I've, I found it. I, th- I thought it was kind of neat that uh, they're consulting together, o- like they're they're consulting each other over contracts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's a sign that there's more to it to mm-hmm. the relationship than just <laughs> honestly attraction. But my impression of it is, he's never met somebody like her who pushes back. Mm. So it's a challenge to get her to actually stop pushing back. And once there stops being that resistance, he's going to get bored and wander off. Mm. Probably to go get attacked by a bear. <laughs> Good luck, bear. We wish you all the best. Harsh. He's a terrible person. And, like, even with the whole, like, it started off the whole um, competing over the business thing. Yeah, but halfway through the book, that was done. Yeah, they just kind of... just disappeared. It yeah. fizzled. Yeah. And, I don't know. Everybody gives in so easily also. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the Like, thing. his... His would-be original bride comes over and... uh, Well, she didn't know that she was the possible original bride. Like, he never said a word to her. No, she didn't know, but he had intended to propose to her and he didn't say anything to Cleo. And she was mad and then it didn't take long and she... He didn't even talk to her and I think she already decided... Yeah. ...that she was going to forgive him. And I was like... Wow, way to stick to your guns there. Yeah. Perhaps listen to his thought, like... Let him defend himself? Yeah. But like, I don't know. That's the thing. She just keeps going, stop doing whatever you're doing. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Like, there's not even any kind of protest, any kind of actual, like, Mm-mm. no, seriously, stop breaking in my room. Yeah. You're being weird now, dude. Back off. Nope. He just keeps coming. Mm-hmm. He's... Every day and every night. No. And the thing that gets me is the staff are not only fine with it, they're encouraging it. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about how eccentric the main characters are. Generally, there's staff that are going <laughs> scandalous. Yes. And also, in this time period, if you were caught in a compromising position with a member of the opposite sex, that instantly meant either your reputation was completely ruined mm-hmm. or you were getting married. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like She mentions that whoever the previous guy she was dating, the actor... Mm-hmm. Tried to compromise her by kissing her in public, but then these two multiply multiple times. They go in balls. They wander off somewhere to make out. Yeah. In yeah. what is arguably quite a public area where anybody could wander across them. Like for someone who's like, oh, you tried to kiss me once. Oh dear. Yeah. Like she's got no problem with this. But yeah. No, and like her her thing was she doesn't want to give up her company to him. He did not make a convincing argument for, oh, yeah, no, you can have it back when we're married. Like, he's just basically like, oh, yeah, sure, you can keep it, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, I want that in writing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you kidding me? (laughs) Although I'm not entirely sure that that would be legally enforceable, even if it were in writing. I don't know what the prenup situation was back in the day. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm inclined to think it would be heavily weighted against any woman. I just assume all systems are, yes. But <laughs> So, whether there would be enough there that she would actually and, I mean, even if the law says one thing, trying to find someone who will enforce that law, yeah. if it goes against public opinion or public grain, that's, that's a problem too. So, yeah, I mean, people are people go back on their word. People uh, 
hold up whatever they want to hold up regardless. So it comes down to how much does she trust him, essentially. Not if, at all. If she, wants, if she wants to hang on to the business, she can't marry him. She just can't. Yeah. Or if she wants to be sure of holding on to mm-hmm. the business. But as soon as the relationship goes south... What's keeping him from taking taking everything? Exactly. So, Hmm. what do we think of the ending? I hate this woman so much. I'm sorry, (laughs) but Um, like the the playing games is so annoying. (laughs) Like she, she in a fit of pique leaves, and goes, "Oh, I, I must be by myself." So she takes her carriage to the middle of this random meadow, and then she basically just hangs around waiting for him to figure out where she is. And then he does, and they're like, oh, will you marry me? Great, move on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, he found stop me. playing games. Like, it's just, it, it irks me so much. <laughs> I don't have time for that kind of BS. Like, <laughs> Well, no, but you're it, a modern-day woman, and you're busy. And you, exactly. You know? One of the reasons why I stopped reading modern romances is because I found myself yelling at the page, use your words, just talk to him already. Oh, I know. <laughs> So, yes. No, this... And that's what so many modern romances are. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, so... I saw you in a coffee shop. Oh, dear, you're with another woman. Oh, oh no, I've never met your family. Turns out it's your sister. I'm going to be mad and not talk to you for three months. <laughs> until you come groveling <laughs> at my door. Yeah. Well, romances are two people who are separate end up together. And <laughs> so for, <I've> heard. <laughs> for something to and for that to actually be interesting reading, there have to be obstacles. Yes. And not it, between Christian fiction though, no, then it just goes on forever and it's like, oh happy days. <laughs> no, not necessarily. But so the base the your basic uh, menu of obstacles in a modern romance, if you if you'll forgive that, is um, one or one or the other one or both of them have trauma associated associated with relationships that they have to get past. There's some sort of misunderstanding between them. Occasionally, there's a love triangle. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So, I like talk to each other or get therapy. Those are those are basically <laughs> what, where you need to go. And it gets boring because it's the same thing over and over and over. Pick one of the three. And then, the thing about historical romances is that there are more and different obstacles. There's societal pressure, like you're the wrong class or you can't afford to get married or the person your guardian refuses to let you marry for whatever reason like there's some social and societal reasons it's not just your own mess keeping you from getting into the relationship you want need to deserve Mm -hmm. so which is one of the things that annoys me about this book because there are no social barriers they've completely ignored all of them Mm -hmm. Like partly by making her <clears throat> fully completely in, both of them are completely independently wealthy mm-hmm. so they don't have to worry about that and apparently class and uh, societal mores are not a thing it doesn't so, seem to be like you think at least her grandfather would object to something but like that's the thing part of the point of Regency romance and historical romance is like you said those obstacles Yeah, and if you've removed any kind of societal pressure, if you've removed any kind of barriers, the invisible barriers and rules that society follows and just goes, ah, well, they're, they're going to do their own thing, then you're not writing a historical romance anymore. Then you're just writing a modern-day romance and you happen to be in England. Mm-hmm. Like, There's very little conflict 
mm-hmm. in this book, and a book needs conflict to make it interesting. Yeah, maybe that's why I wanted the villain oh. because everything else was so soft. Yeah, there is a little bit of conflict. He gets beaten up. Yes, he does get beaten up. That's yes. true. Yeah, which they, they, they take his flower. Considering his size that they keep referring to and how yeah. big he is, it seems odd that people would come after him to attack him, but. But he, he killed looked, the bear. He looked effeminate in that right. suit, and so they thought he'd be easy pickings. But the, the clothing is you're so literally covered in flowers. If you're like six foot five, you're not effeminate. Well, here's the, here's you're the thing. You're six foot five. Also, I'm still not attacking you. Everything. All of his clothes are so tightly tailored that nothing is left to the imagination. They can see the man has muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to ask, but would you recommend anybody read this book? Because I can tell you right now, no, no. Mm-hmm. Read this genre, definitely. But go find a different book that's way better. Yes. Uh, suggestions mm-hmm. in the comments for me, please. I need more historical writers, and this is not, she is not on the list. <laughs> She's not on the list, eh? Oh. Yeah, no. I don't read a ton of this kind of book to begin with, and this one for me was a no. It's a no for me. <laughs> There's better out there. Like, way better. Yes. And for all I know, Eloisa James may have better books as well. I haven't read anything else by her, but mm-hmm. honestly, this is not enough to convince me to pick up another one of her books. Time is precious, and yeah. she's mm-hmm. not getting more of it. But then this is... She is a New York Times bestseller multiple times, so clearly, how. clearly there's an audience for this. Yep. And you enjoy it, more power to you, have fun. I'm not if going to compete f- with you for that book. If it's yeah. your cup of tea, go for it. More power to you. But but also, like... Do sh- explore the other options that are better. She's a Shakespeare <laughs> professor. That's and the so, thing. like, I don't know. It just I was seems... expecting the writing itself to be better. Yeah. Like, even the writing is awful. You would think someone whose trade is literal literature and history would have a little more stringency when it comes to historical fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't just go completely off the rails. Yeah. I have literally read time traveling regency romance that is more accurate than this. <laughs> literally. I it, wish I was it's just it's just got to be an alternate universe. That's the only explanation. Yeah. But there is, there should have been a thing at the end, just one page, where it's like, and then they were beamed up by their spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. That would improve the book so much. I would have totally forgiven everything if or that just had happened. End simulation. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and the walls of the holodeck shimmered back into focus. Exactly. <laughs> Turns out it was actually Picard in Star Trek. <laughs> Well, that would have been a twist that nobody saw coming. Oh, honestly, somebody should be doing that. As opposed to the zero twist that everybody saw coming. Yeah. Like, with romance, it's pretty obvious they're always going to get together in the end. That's not ever really a question. It's not really a... The only time it's a will-they-won't-they is when you've got a love triangle. Yeah. And there's... If you're doing it right, there should be some question about which one she's going... Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're going to... Which two are going to end up together. But... But, like, generally, the whole point of it is the tale along the way Mm -hmm. and the journey being more interesting than the destination. Mm -hmm. She's got nothing. Yeah. And also some sort of interesting twist. Yeah. would have helped a lot. As opposed to the bend. Not a full twist. A tiny little. Like the twist, as it were, was. When the mother shows up. The mother showing up with the 
woman who he apparently thought of as his future wife, but never bothered to tell her. And that was resolved in, like, two pages. Yeah. Like... After spending all that time on board ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she just didn't know. She was so clueless, that cow yeah. lady. Cow lady. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> to be clear, it's not a woman dressed as a cow or anything. She yeah. just really likes cows. <laughs> like, I wonder if this was James's way of... Like calling her a cow without actually calling her a cow. But thing is, she described her as like being perfectly nice, just like yeah, really I mean, into cows for some reason. Honestly, I want to know the background of how a relatively high society lady gets into cows to that degree. <laughs> like that she knows about Herefords before they're imported to her country. Yeah. I mean, like, how does she do her research? I don't know. Maybe she's got like a Hereford consultant or correspondent and she's she's actually writing to some little <laughs> farmer in the lowlands you know going so tell me about your cows <laughs> that's a book i'd read yeah exactly <laughs> i'm more interested in reading about the cow lady than i am about these two oh mainly because i think there's just more history to the cow lady i don't know she seems pretty bland to me also i think she'd be bland with the current story but i want to know the backstory mm. like i want to know I don't know. I just don't understand. Because cows are not something that high society ladies are around. That's true. Unless you're like Marie Antoinette. Well, she was more um, she was more into being a shepherdess rather than yeah. a cowherd. But she she was around livestock, which is already half the battle. True. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, in, in that day, uh, there wasn't as much of a separation. Like, there, there was still, there was livestock in the city. Yeah, yeah, because, the Boston Commons, for example. Yeah, because, I mean, horse-drawn carriages, there's, you, do, you don't have internal combustion, you don't have refrigeration, so the, milk's, the, the milk can't travel that far. It has to so be fresh, because otherwise you die. It's not that, it's, it's not that she could go months without, you know, or living miles and miles from any kind of livestock. No. Although, how, but, but how does it... it's fairly, like, they're fairly sheltered and they have, like, their pre-approved list of activities practically where it's like would you like to do needlepoint or needlepoint how does a society woman end up in the stable exactly and the cow and stable. the cow stable not, not the horse stable like i'm confused <laughs> as usual this ends with me getting hung up on an animal somewhere perhaps yeah, this this predates dude ranches doesn't it like it's not uh, like she, yeah dude ranches tend to be a bit more of a yeah perhaps you know, it's 20th century not the animal in the cow stable but the farmhand <gasps> in the cow stable oh now we've added another layer to this <laughs> scandalous perhaps one of the books in the series is about her i have my doubts i don't think she's i don't think i don't think the author thinks she's interesting enough for that <laughs> I don't know. She put a fair amount of time into describing her and her love of cows. Could be. <laughs> How many? There are three in this series. There's three. Three. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I suppose it's not going to kill me to look on the internet. <laughs> Maybe it's the start of a new series called Livestock and Love. <laughs> oh, no, that actually sounds way worse because that shit brings to whoop, like, mine, the Welsh and sheep. Yes. Yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> Change that topic. So, anyways... Any fun facts for us, Janine? Yes, I have a few. So, Regency romances are a subgenre of romance novels set during the period of the British, British Regency, 1811 to 1820, or early 19th century. 
rather than simply being versions of contemporary romance stories transported to a historical setting, Regency romances are a distinct genre with their own plot and stylistic conventions. I don't think this fits that bill. No, I think it's very much a contemporary romance transported to a historical setting. Yes. So, uh, some common themes found in Regency romances are differences of social class, marriages of convenience, false engagements, descriptions of social activities common during the social season, such as carriage rides, balls, etc., and references to the ton. None of which were in this particular book. No. So whether, uh, yeah, I honestly don't know that we could classify this as a Regency romance according to this. No. 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 So. It just happened to take place during that time period by, you know, She forced it to take place during that time and it didn't work. No. It would have been more interesting if she kept it in the 21st century. Yeah. Because, I mean, a female plumber is odd enough. Mm-hmm. Still, that's true. A bit more unusual. Although technically, she's not really a plumber. No, no, she's not really much of anything. <laughs> she's not even a wallflower. Nope. If if you're looking for how to be a wallflower, this book will not tell you. No, it really <laughs> won't. Not instructional in any way. Nope. Any final comments? Don't read it. Pick something better. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So that's what we thought of this book. But those are just our opinions, and we'd like to hear yours. So leave us a comment. Thanks for joining us for Between the Lines, and thanks to our editor, Linda. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.